I, I distinctly remember it was one of those warm, muggy summer mornings. Uh, it wasn't very, very late in the morning, but I was, I was already sopping wet with, with sweat. I mean, I was, I was dripping, but, but, but worse than that, it, it wasn't just the sweat that was pouring off my, off my face. It was, it was the fact that I was drenched not only here, but also from the waist down all the way down to my shoes from walking through, uh, beans that were still covered in dew. I, I remember my dad had asked me, well, actually he hired me. Well, if you want to be more exact, he told me that I was going to go to this field. It, we, we called it Nellie's. It's because the lady that owned it that dad rented from was, her name was Nellie. Uh, no, no surprise there. Uh, uh, this 60 acre field, uh, said, said, you, you need to go and walk the beans. Uh, now I don't think, do, do we do that nowadays? I, I know some of our farmers aren't, aren't here, uh, as usual, but, uh, uh, or they're usually here, but over there. Do you walk, do you walk, yeah, okay, maybe a little, but, but back in the day, so people my age and maybe even a little bit younger probably remember, uh, if you grew up on a farm that you, you walk the beach, you walk, literally you just walk through the field cutting down the excess weeds, trying not to cut down the beans in the, in, in the process. And, and so I was, I was walking through, uh, this field and with, I was soaked, my glasses were sliding down my nose, every step, my, my tennis shoe was squishing. I mean, it was miserable. And every row that I went up and down, I got more and more frustrated. Number one, I didn't want to be there. It was miserable conditions. The, the weeds that I were cutting, uh, the, the, this field had a bunch of, I believe it was gypsum weed, um, or gypsum weed, whatever that's called. Big old fat stalks, and I was having to cut those, and it was a, it was a pain. But probably the most frustrating thing was that my brother Rick was not there. I don't remember why he got out of it, but I was there by myself, and I, I just got so frustrated that I, I took, and my dad had this special tool. Sometimes we used to hold, but he had this special tool that he had bought that was just a stick with a, a, a little hook on the end, so you just, it, and sometimes it worked really well. You just reached down and give a little tug and it would cut the weed and 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 I got so frustrated that I took that and I I, I re, uh, reached back and and I threw that with a holler as far as I could throw it and for the five to eight seconds that it went in the air I felt some relief and and I kind of felt some some I felt kind of good for a second and then reality sunk in uh two two things I realized that the weeds were still there uh, they hadn't disappeared, and now I had to walk about 60 feet over and try to find that tool. So, so I, I trudged through, now not walking down the roads, but crossroads through the beans, and there I found that special tool that my dad had bought just for that day, and now it was not one tool, but it was two tools. It had broken and was in two pieces. Sometimes, sometimes we, uh, we in life find ourselves in the middle middle of difficult situations of of hard situations sometimes in our christian walk we find ourselves in the in in the middle of difficult situations in the middle of hard situations sometimes sometimes in scripture we find ourselves in the middle of a difficult passage a hard passage and that's where we are today 
If you have your Bibles, will, will you follow along and turn with me to uh, to, to the, the the book of Hebrews? We're going to be looking in chapter six, uh, verses actually kind of verse verses four through twelve. I'm not going to read all that at the the start. Uh, some of these, some of what this says is difficult. In fact, when I come to this passage. There's part of me that just wants to reach down with my, I wouldn't do this, but, but to take my Bible and just sling it. I don't want to deal with this passage. I don't, I don't want to talk about this passage, but, but it's there. And we spent the last two weeks talking about the, the verses right above it in chapter five and the start of chapter six that, that has been challenging us to, to maturity, to, to go past spiritual milk onto something more solid. And, and then he follows it up with this passage. So if you, if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter six. If you don't have one, there should be a Bible in the pew back in front of you. Hebrews chapter six, uh, starting with verse four. And, and there he says, it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift. Now I want you to notice this, this list of qualifiers or, or, or adjectives or descriptors there, who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the coming age. Now, let me pause there for just a second. Who does that seem to be talking about? That that seems to be talking about us, doesn't seem to be talking about the church. But notice verse 6, uh, he, he goes on there. Uh, who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting Him to public disgrace. This is a tough passage. But but this morning, I want to look at two truths. Here's the first one, and and, and this is what I've been referencing, the hard truth. This, this passage speaks of a hard truth, the this passage is hard. It brings up some hard questions that, that, that I don't particularly want to talk about and some hard questions that we probably don't particularly want to face. Does this passage really mean what it seems to be saying? Could this, could this passage be talking to me? Does it, is there any way this passage might apply to me? And, and more importantly, when it talks about ones that might fall away that couldn't come back, Where's that falling away point? What's he talking about there? If I leave church today and I stub my toe on the sidewalk and I say a bad word, is that falling away? If if I uh, if I find myself in kind of a dry spiritual place in my life for a while, is that falling away? If if I miss church for a couple weeks in a row, is that falling away? If I have doubts about God, is is that falling away? See, I've always read Hebrews chapter 6, this section 4 through 6, and it's always given me a little bit of a cold chill. It's a hard passage. It's a scary passage. It's a challenging passage. So, so this morning we're going we're gonna to look at the passage, and I'm going to ask a few more questions. Now, now, what I end up saying today, you might disagree with, and that's okay, because lots of times I disagree with myself, and this might be one of them. So, so let's look, let's look at a couple questions. Who is he talking to? So when he says that, that if you, you've been enlightened and you've touched the Holy Spirit, all those descriptors, 
and you fall away, you can't come back to repentance. Who is he talking to? Who's he talking to there? There are are different views on what this might mean, and let me let me suggest some of them. You might fall in one of these. You might t- tend to see it this way. Some some people think that the writer here was talking to the Messianic Jews. Remember, we pointed this out a few times that this passage was written to Jewish Christians. So so it was uh, Jews who had had believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Messianic Jews. They 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 had had come to follow uh, Jesus. So some people believe that the writer of Hebrews intends that this passage has a very uh, narrow interpretation, a very narrow application. Uh, so what some be- people believe is that he's talking to Jewish believers. So Jewish believers who who had 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 followed the law, who had who had been in touch with the law, but had somehow come to know who Jesus was. But then, for, for whatever reason, they had, had denied Jesus. They had rejected Jesus. They had walked away from him and left. It, it, it is saying about them that, hey, once you do that, you can't come back. There's no way that you can come back. Uh, if you return to your traditions, your festivals, your priests, your laws, and reject Jesus, there's no way that you can find him uh, again. If if you are so ingrained in your old faith, and and you tried Jesus out, but somehow he you found him lacking, it's saying that those people can't come back. Let, let me illustrate. This is a bad illustration, but best one I've got on it. Uh, so you might think of a better one than than I. Uh, a while back, I don't know if it was last Thanksgiving. It could have been a couple of years ago. It might not even been Thanksgiving. Rita made a pumpkin pie. And by the way. Rita makes a wonderful pumpkin pie. You're invited over for Thanksgiving, uh, not for dinner, but if you want to come later and have a piece of her pumpkin pie, uh, if we have any left over, you can have some. She makes a wonderful pumpkin pie, and she sent me to to town to uh, buy some Cool Whip, and I came home with some Cool Whip, except the, the package didn't say Cool Whip. It said Best Choice Whip Topping or Imitation Whip Topping. I don't know what it says. And uh, she looked at me like I had three eyes, like I thought I told you to get whipped cream. And I said, or Cool Whip. And I said, well, it's Cool Whip. And she said, that's off-brand. And it's not the same. And and and, and we were kind of stuck. So, okay, we'll, we'll try it. And I thought it tasted like Cool Whip. Apparently, she didn't think it tasted like Cool Whip. She let me know that that with, when it comes to Cool Whip, you buy Cool Whip. Now, I'll never remember that, but... Uh, uh, Need to put that in my phone, I guess. But uh, now, now I'm not suggesting that Jesus is an off-brand. So let me just throw that one out here. But but what I'm saying is, uh, it kind of illustrates that idea that that if they were used to one thing, they were used to their Jewish faith, and and then tried Jesus out, and and then they looked at Jesus like he was an off-brand, and went back. Some people say think that that's what this applies to. If it does, then we don't have to pay attention to this because we're not Messianic Jews. I don't think that's it. Some people suggest that it's just theoretical. In other words, in other words, the writer's tossing that out there like, well, you could get to a place where you can't come back to repentance, but it is a worst case scenario. It's, it's like he's trying to scare them into getting serious about their faith. Almost saying, now you don't want to sin because you never know where that one sin might be too far. 
where, where that one sin might take you to that place where, whoops, I went one step too far, and now I can't get back. I, I remember I was about a fourth grader, uh, and our church had a revival, and we had a guy come preach to us that week that really was, he was a good preacher. I mean, he was powerful, and he, well, he had a lot of energy. And one night during that revival, he, he, he spoke about hell. I, I don't remember what the title of his sermon was, but it probably was something like, like hell, you don't want to go there. Um, uh, cause, cause I mean, he told us all about hell, how hot it was going to be. And I mean, his face got redder and redder to, to just illustrate what the embers of hell was going to look like. And I mean, he, I, I'm a fourth grader. Normally I just drew and, and try to take a nap during church, but that day, man, I was fixed on him because I was scared to death. Now, I don't remember, maybe he did, I don't remember him talking about God's love, I don't remember him saying anything about the grace of Jesus, but I do remember him talking about hell. And, and so some people believe that, that maybe, okay, this isn't gonna happen, it's just a, the, theoretically it could, worst case scenario, you could get there. It's, so it's like, be careful that your sin doesn't get you to a place that you can't cross back. Um, I, don't th- I really don't think that's what it's talking about either. Some people believe that he's talking about pretenders there. The the ones that he's talking about are those Jewish uh, uh, men and women who who began to follow Jesus. They and and you saw all the the ways it described who had been enlightened, who had tasted the heavenly gift, who shared the Holy Spirit, who tasted the goodness of the Word of God, the powers of God. They they had got all that, but somehow they hadn't actually committed to Jesus. Now, 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 maybe they were in leadership, maybe they had been baptized, they'd confessed Jesus, but in their heart of hearts, they, they were just pretending. They really hadn't got there. It's, it's like they'd got right up to, to committing to Jesus, got right to the edge, but had never fully jumped in. Uh, I, I remember on vacation one time, our middle son, Joel, uh, was was standing on the diving board. His older brother Brian, a year and a half older, had had jumped up on the diving board, ran and jumped in, and got out, ran up to the dive board, ran, jumped in, was having a great time. And Joe wanted to keep up with his older brother. Got up on the diving board, and and he ran. But right as he got to the end of the diving board, he stopped, and he looked down. You know, and he walked back, and then he walked, and 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 he he got up right to the edge with his toes hanging off, and and he would. I could just, I could just see his his he'd look over at us and kind of laugh and smile and but he was nervous and he just couldn't jump in. Some would suggest that he's talking here about pretenders. They they look like Christians but they never had fully jumped in. Well, could he be talking about Christians? Could he be? Could he be, be suggesting that you can be a Christian, that you can be saved by the blood of Jesus and then reject your faith and reach a point that you can't get back to forgiveness? Um, some of you, your, your screen just, your radar went up, your, your blood maybe started to boil just a hair there. There's a theology that that some would uh, disagree with, but and some might agree with. There, there's a theology called Calvinism, and one of its tenets is once saved, always saved. Now, actually, there's several. There's five main ones, and 
and that kind of ties into a couple other things. But but one of the big ones that people always talk about is once saved, always saved. In other words, once you are a believer, you can't lose your salvation. Now, they tie really big into the fact that, well, if you looked like a believer and then fell away, you were a pretender, you never were a believer. But, but the reality is there's some people here today, probably, and it's okay, there's some people here today that are Calvinists. Uh, and, and there's some people here today that vigorously uh, would, would stand against Calvinistic teachings, and that's fine too. And then there's some of you here today, probably most of you here today are thinking, I don't even know what you're talking about. Calvin, I have no idea what that is. Well, let me talk to the people in the middle. Because uh, if you're a Calvinist, you probably already have, your, 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 you've already decided what this passage means. If you're anti-Calvinist, you probably already decided what this passage means. But maybe... Maybe if you saw this passage today and, and, and this was your response, like, man, that seems to be saying something important. Maybe I should think about it. Let me, l- let me speak to you. I, my belief is that he's talking to believers here. My, my belief is that he's talking to Troy Christian Church, that we are to take this passage and chew on it. So that brings up another question then. What does it mean? What does he mean? See, see, the real catching point, the, 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 what we hang up on in this text is in verse 6. Verse 6 says, and who have fallen away. Okay, what's he, what's he mean there? Particularly when you tie it in with verse 4, which says it is impossible for, for those who, who, who've done all these things if they fall away and then follows it up with the last thing to be brought back to repentance is that saying is that say, is is this text saying i can lose my salvation um, the greek the greek word for fall away there literally means to step off a path uh, so is he suggesting that we can step off the path to christ and get so far away that we can't make it back Last December, just uh, uh, just almost a year ago, uh, a group uh, uh, of us from here at Troy Christian, a few from Central, uh, were leaving Juarez, Mexico, or Anapra, Mexico. We we driven out to the Santa Teresa border crossing, but the line at the border crossing stretched way out into the desert. So so we, I think I looked on my phone at the border crossing app and. And decided that if we went to the downtown bridge, it would be faster. So we drove back through an opera, got to the downtown bridge, and no worries, guys. I knew what I was doing, right, Kevin? I knew I knew where I was going. I, I knew the exit, and it took you, and you were running parallel to Avenue Juarez, which is the one-way street going back the other way that we need to be on. And and all we had to do was go down about three blocks and turn left, and we'd be on Avenue Juarez and get to the border. The problem was when we got to where we needed to turn, there was a big old barricade that blocked the street. No worries. I just went a few more feet. There was another road. and I, I was waiting to turn, and some guy kept yelling at us and waving. Finally, he yelled, you can't turn here. And, and, and so we kept getting further and further off the, the path. Um, where's Angela? I, oh, there you are. Okay, you're I, I'm sure Angela was in the back of the van that day. I'm sure Angela was thinking, Tim has no idea where he is. <laughs> and the truth was, I had no idea where I was. We just, we just kept going. Every time we wanted to turn left, we'd have to turn right. And then we, 
Then we ran into Santa Claus, and they were there was thousands, I mean, maybe a million people downtown Juarez celebrating Christmas that day, and we just kept getting further and further off the path. Can we get to a place that is so far off the path that and a place where our heart is so hard that we can't get back. Can we? Can we? Now, before I answer that, let me buffer that by reminding you of a few other things from Scripture, a few other verses from Scripture. Remember that time that Jesus was 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 talking and uh, and he decided he wanted to illustrate the heart of Jesus, uh, the heart of the Father. He wanted he wanted to make sure we understood what what how God saw us and how how God thought of us. And so so he told not one story, but three different stories, or we would call them parables. He told three different parables about uh, about the heart of, of God. And, and one of them was he said a shepherd had a hundred sheep and and uh, one of them went missing. So he left the ninety nine and he went out and searched and searched till he found the, the lost sheep and and once he got it he came back and called his all friends all together and, and had a party. Always wondered if they had lamb for uh, for that meal, but it, Scripture doesn't say that. Uh, that's not the point. And, and then he says, that, "Well, let me tell, let me put it this way: a lady had ten coins, and and she lost one of them. It was very valuable, and so she tore her house apart. She got a lamp and she swept under everything till she found that lost coin. And when she did, she got so excited. She called her friends over and said, "Rejoice with me! I found the lost coin." And 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 then he told another story about. The, about a lost son, we we know it probably better as the story of the prodigal son, uh, a, a son that had had wandered off the path and had gone a long way, but the father was on the front porch every night watching, waiting, and when the son returned, he welcomed him with open arms and loved him, put a ring and a coat on him to to restore him back. So don't forget that passage. Don't forget what John says in in uh, his first book of First John, uh, chapter one, verse nine, when he says this: "If we confess our sins, if if we confess our sins, if we repent, He's faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness." Scripture tells us the heart of God. Jesus wanted us to understand that. That the, the very heart and nature of God is to welcome back the one who wanders off the path. So can we? Can we get too far to return? Let me answer that by asking one more question. Well, what should I do? What, how, how should I take this text? What, what should I do with verses four? To six, I don't think we can dismiss this text and say, "Well, it doesn't apply to me." I don't think we can dismiss this text and say it's not important. I don't think we can we can dismiss this text and say it doesn't have any meaning. Uh, the reality is, this text should humble us. It should cause us to take a close look at ourselves. You see, see, I think what it really is telling us, and you can disagree with me if you want. That's all right. What I think this text is telling us is. It's not that we can get to a place that God can't forgive us. I don't think we can get to a place where God would never welcome us back. But we can get to a place where we can't make it back. See the difference there? Um, 
in, in high school, I had a friend named David. David was a, uh, several years older than me, but he was, he, he was a cool guy. And, and this, this guy was turned on for Jesus. He, he played guitar and sang and, 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 and this, he was just an amazing follower of Jesus. I mean, he was on fire for the Lord. And I, I, I did a, a lot of Bible studies with this guy and went to a lot of different uh, events where he led. And I mean, he, this, this guy was, I, I would, I, I would have, I would have gone to the mat saying, this guy is filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know what happened. I have, I literally have no idea. At the time, I didn't, certainly don't now. But, but something happened and he, he walked off the path. He walked off the path, and he got further and further and further away from Jesus. I've lost track of him through the years. I have no idea if he's ever been able to make it back. See, this is a hard truth. It, it, should, it should make us pause. It should make us think a little bit, but, but let me share let me share something else with you. There, there is an exciting truth as well in this passage. Look with me uh, uh, in in verses nine through through twelve. See, see, I always, I, I've always in the past read this passage and tried to understand it, or at least I, I've always seen it as a standalone text. I've always, I've always thought of it from the standpoint it's just, hey, I'm reading these four verses and. But we have to understand it from its context. It's right in between where he's talking about as Christians, we need to move on to maturity. We, we can't stay stuck as, uh, as immature. We have to move on to, to maturity. And, and then he follows it with these verses. If you have your Bibles there, look in chapter six, verse nine. Uh, even though we speak like this, dear friends, so, so he's talking about them not being mature. Now he's talking about the possibility of, not having repentance, even though we speak like this, dear children, we are convinced of better things in your case. The things that have to do with salvation. See, there is a confidence. See, see, we can read that passage, that hard text, and it can scare us, and we can like, nope, don't want to talk about it. But, but, but really, we can have a confidence. We've talked about that many times before. We can have a confidence. And, and, and notice that he brings up another thought, that there is grace. Look at verse 10. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you've shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. There, there is grace. God isn't looking at us, and, and he's got this chalk line in the dirt, and he's just waiting for us to get up to that chalk line that one last sin, that one last, uh, w- one last problem, and cross it like up. Oh, you're 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 done for. I, no, instead he sees us with, with grace, and there's hope. Look at verses eleven and twelve. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end, so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit. What has been promised? There is hope. I don't remember the the first time I saw one of these. I was a kid. We didn't get out much. I mentioned that a few weeks ago. Rarely got out of Jefferson County, Illinois. But but we were in a department store somewhere that had an escalator. Uh, and 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 I would assume most kids, at least probably most of the boys, have have tried this. You 
you're, you're looking at an escalator and you see it, it coming down and you think, I can go up the down escalator. And so you start doing that. And uh, when, when you're young, you might get part of the way up, but then you kind of run out of gas because the, the harder you try to go up, it just keeps on coming down. It, it's almost impossible to get up a down escalator. And, and usually what happens is one of three things. If you try to go up a down escalator, you, 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 you just, you just stay in the same spot. That's what he was talking about at the end of chapter five and chapter six. Hey, you need to move on to maturity. Don't stay in the same spot. The, the second thing that can happen if you try to go up a down escalator is you get, you get frustrated and you get discouraged and, and you finally accept reality and say, I can't do it. And you step off the escalator. And you're done. I can't get up there because it's going the wrong way. And guess what he's talking about in verses four to six? We can get to a point where, where we get so far from God that we even forget, we give up even trying to get back to him, even though he might be willing to accept us. Or we can do the third option. Depending on where that escalator was, sometimes it's all the way around a wall on the other side. Sometimes it might be right beside it. You can, you can go over to the other escalator that does go up and follow it up to the top. I think that's what he's talking about in verses 9 to 12. Let me, let me finish that story as I close here this morning about getting lost in downtown Juarez. We kept making one right turn after another and we got further and further away from Juarez Avenue. And I'll be honest, I, I had no idea where I was, and I, I, I was in, even though I'd been in Juarez, going, going to Juarez for over 20 years, I had never been on some of those streets. Hope to never be on some of those streets uh, again either. And, but, but you know what? I wasn't nervous. Like I said, Angela was nervous. Kevin? No, yeah, he's lying too. Uh, uh, <laughs> they're like, I'm putting my life in this dude's hand, and we're just wandering around in these streets crowded with people, but, you know, I, I really wasn't nervous. Now, I didn't know, I didn't know how I was going to get back there, but I knew I could because of one thing. I knew which way north was. And if I lost it, I knew Kevin's a farmer. I could say, Kevin, which way's north? Um, because all I had to do was keep working my way north and I would eventually, I would eventually run into a road I knew. I'd eventually run into the border. I would eventually run into the Rio Grande. I would eventually get somewhere where I knew I could make it home. I always knew that as long as I knew where north was, I could return. I'll be honest. I'm not 100% sure what this passage means. But here's something I do know. If we know that our way to salvation is through Jesus, if we can always see him, if we can always find him, we can always find forgiveness. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you this morning that we can oftentimes get very confused, that we can step off the path that you've prescribed for us. And, 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 and oftentimes we think we're just going to do it for a moment and then we'll jump back on. But one bad turn follows another and another and another. And sometimes we find ourselves a long way away from you. Father, remind us that you're always there. You're always wanting to receive us back into sonship, always wanting to love us and forgive us when we turn our hearts to you. Father, help us.
Help us always know where north is in our life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.